Welcome back to Podcast Recovery, everyone. We are your hosts, David O. And Eric V. Today we are joined in studio. For, that's the first time for a while. Yeah. Uh, with our very good friend, uh, Pat D. How you doing, man? Wonderful. How's everybody? Doing well. Good. Living, good, you know? Living the dream. You know? living the Did dream. you stumble a little bit on that, that intro, David? You stumbled a little bit from, over your Pat? recovery? <laughs> Where are you from, Pat? From Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland. When were you first introduced to recovery? Uh, 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and how long have you been clean? I uh, just celebrated five years. Congratulations. Damn. I was there. You killed it. You did a great job. Awesome. Thank you. Thank all right. You. And with all that out of the way, I'm going to turn it over to you to share your experience, strength, and hope with us. Cool, cool, cool. Take it away, bud. Yeah. So chime in whenever if you guys got any questions. Yeah. <clears throat> Always. Or anything. But uh, I'm just going to scribble here on my pad. Yeah. No. So my, like, my, my history, my story is pretty basic. Um, came from a good childhood. You know, good family. Um, mom would like kind of like let us just run the streets and everything. Back in the day, it was okay to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Coming from where we came from. And Once everything. the street lights came on, then you had to go home. Yeah, it's time yep. for dinner, this, that, and the other. And um, so, no, like I was big into skateboarding, BMXing, and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and by the time, like, you know, I got to like high school, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, uh, hey, you want to smoke some weed and skateboard? You know, and it yeah. was like it was like yeah, and like I remember the first time like I smoked weed, it like slowed everything down for me, mm. and like mm-hmm. I could like see like the skateboard tricks like slowly yeah. underneath me, and I could like land everything right. David doesn't understand this. <laughs> no, like I used to play sports high all the time. The I was useless ever. I was useless. It's everything <clears throat> slows down, and you become awesome. No, yeah. I became that was shitty. Like, that was definitely my thing. I was like. I'd like go to a loading dock or a set of steps and I'd be like kick flip and I'd be like, Ooh, and it'd go real nice and slow and I could mm-hmm. see my feet land back on mm-hmm. the board and just yeah. roll away from it. And, um, no, <clears throat> but no, that's, 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 that's where it all started. But prior to that, um, you know, I come from a family and they drink, you know, mm-hmm. or Irish Catholic, yeah, pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, so, you know, Christmas parties, holidays, you know, all that fun stuff, birthday parties, the whole family's drinking and and whatnot. Um, what was your first drink? What? I want to say, so there's a picture of me actually when I was like three, like uh-huh. under the Christmas tree with like a bunch of like beer cans around me. Um, <laughs> Hopefully you and didn't I, drink would, all of them. <laughs> yeah. No, so what it was is like when my family would like get low on their beverage, right? And it was typically beer. Mm-hmm. You know, my uncle or whoever, you know what I'm saying? They'd be like, Oh hey Patrick, I'll give you I'll give you a quarter if you get me another beer. You know, <laughs> and they would always leave some in the bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, we used to call it the piss, you know. Oh, the yeah, bottom it's of, fucking, bo- it's bottom of the, the bottle, gross. you know. And um Ugh. so yeah, so okay, here you go, Uncle. Here's your new filled beverage. I'll take the old one for you and like on the way to the trash can, you know, I just Sip a little bit of it, and um, and I'd make money in doing it too. Yeah, you know? there you go. To a That's to a six started. seven year old kid, twenty five cents goes a long way. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> there was a there was a penny store, or mm-hmm. a, you know they used to sell penny candy back in the day, and that's like, yeah, let me get some of your Swedish fish. Let me <laughs> get some right. Swedish fish. <laughs> but uh, no, from 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 then on, you know, it kind of just progressed. You know, like we got into you know the party drugs and whatnot. Um, the hallucinogens, the trips, the cocaine, all that type of stuff. And then then I moved away to Florida when I was like 17 and 
it just got crazier from there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, to the point where where I was literally having like psychotic episodes. I was fainting and passing out, having seizures due to my active drug use and everything. And um, and so I finally, you know, after like ran that into the ground after a year, I came back home. And um, so like the addiction thing had like really taken off mm -hmm. while I was in Florida. There was no, my parents weren't there. I technically ran away from home. And um, so I'm down there like unsupervised and whatnot, you know, just going crazy, just partying, having a good time, thinking I'm doing what kids do, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And um, and then when I came back home, you know, I had sparked that addiction off. Yep. So coming here back to Baltimore, Baltimore's known for like dope heroin. And um, mm -hmm. and I remember <clears throat> I went to work one day and I I broke my finger and they literally like gave me they were like here's some ibuprofen 800s you know what I'm saying and and I remember very clearly going to my boy's house later later in the day and I was complaining about my finger mm -hmm. and he at that time was on oxys mm -hmm. like heavy and uh, he was like well well here this will take the pain away yeah. he's like just do a little bit of this and it's like Ooh, like this is this is awesome. Mm -hmm. This is this is this is it, and that's where I found my drug of choice, which was heroin. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it led to it, and so uh, from the age of like eighteen, all the way until I got clean, I believe I was twenty eight, twenty eight when I got clean. Um, yeah, man, lived my life uh, ten dollars at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, for a decade, and. Um, in and out of treatment facilities, in and out of institutions, jails, multiple treatment centers, you know, tried the psychiatrist thing, tried the Suboxone, the Methadone thing, tried mm -hmm. everything. But um, you were asking about my introduction to recovery, mm -hmm. right? And my path is NA. Mm -hmm. That's my path. Um, there's many other paths, but that's the path that works for me. <clears throat> and I got introduced. I remember I got caught, caught buying heroin downtown, uh, West Baltimore. And they put me on a drug court program, and I was required to go to meetings and, you know, get the slip signed and this, that, and the other. And um, and that's when I got introduced to recovery. Um, as I said, it took me 10 years to get mm. to get a year. You know what mm. I mean? And um, this last time coming back in, I was, I had developed, like, I had developed many, many relationships over that 10 years because, like, even though 18, I caught my first charge, was brought to recovery. After that, um, I caught many, many more charges. And I was on paper, like probation or whatever, all the way up Forever. until literally yep. just two years ago. And I didn't even know that I was really? on probation. And I got a completion. <laughs> For real? And I was like, whoa. I was like, I, didn't, I literally didn't even know I was on probation. Um, yeah, that was like two years ago. They sent me and I was like, wow. I was like, that's crazy. Did you owe any money or anything? No, this this oh, one this was when this this one was unsupervised. Um, that's year, how high <clears> you were. Two year two years unsupervised, um, because like I made up this whole story, lied to a police officer, blah blah blah, whatever you know, how it goes. Yo. you know, active use mm -hmm. made up this whole story about stolen car and the reality of it was I rented a car for a drug dealer and they were paying me with dope. Mm. And then, yeah. <laughs> so it was actually kind of funny because I told the cop I was at like a shell station, gas station, and um, 
and I called it in because like the car was supposed to be back by a certain time on a certain day. And I told and I told the, the dudes, I was like, look, I'm seriously like they're gonna start charging me for this and like um if you don't have it back, like I'm gonna report it stolen. So that's what I did. But I made up like instead of just like being honest, like I've ran with like this whole like plot in my mind, this whole story that like X, Y, and Z happened and oh my gosh. Like we were pumping the gas at the pump and you know, my girlfriend had the car. She was pumping the gas, and we left it running. And we went in to pay for the gas, came back out. I saw the car driving down the road. This, whatever, crazy, yeah. right? And he's like, okay, okay, that's cool. All right, well, I, I got everything I need from you. So now I'm going to go inside and check the surveillance footage. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't run that one through. Fuck. Didn't think, didn't think <laughs> about that. Didn't think about, you know, surveillance footage, you know, being at a very popular gas station in uh, in town and <laughs> so he called me later and he said well good news is we got the car back bad news is you lied to me and I'm charging you with lying to a police officer false statement to an officer anyway shortly after that I got clean went to court had probably like two months when I went to court and um, <laughs> yeah and they placed me on unsupervised probation now now for somebody who's been in the system for is that your most bullshit charge uh no, I've had like attempts to possess drugs, like an like, attempt yeah, to like possess, attempting to possess. Yeah, how do you get that's that charge? That's pretty much just saying, you know, you're in a neighborhood you're not supposed to be in. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's pretty much that, all it is. They can. That's a charge. Yeah, it's a charge. It's a walk through down at yeah. central, central Bookings and everything. But yeah, it's a charge. But um, do you have any bullshit charges, Eric? <laughs> I have a trespassing charge that won't go away. Yeah. Oh, cause it's yeah, that's a civil citation. It's, it's it's also f- like f- like um, it has something to do with like federal, like being on like a state park. Oh. Um, so it's like a different department, and <laughs> as much as I've tried to expunge it, it's it's on my record forever. Yeah, I have I have, um, I have two civil citations that I can't get expunged. One is a drinking underage, and the other one is a fireworks charge. My drinking went away, but my my trespassing charge at Tapsco State Park. See, will always be there. Mine, it's been like, it's been like fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, mine, mine was so fucked up because I got my drinking citation sixty days before I turned twenty-one, mm-hmm. but I didn't go to court until after I was twenty-one. <laughs> so it gets kept on my fucking. Uh, it's fucking nonsense. Yeah, I had a pretty hefty record. There was probably like sixteen, seventeen charges mm-hmm. when I got clean, and mm-hmm. my my wife she she cleaned up what she could. She got like. Mm-hmm. She got them down to like four or five, and there's yeah. like there's like four or five that that gotta like come yeah. off like in order, like craziness, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah there's um, like time restraints and all yeah, that shit. Just dumb, dumb shit. Um, you know, it's it is it is what it is. I mean, it's wreckage of the past. You know, what I yeah. mean, um, it's something it's something that you know that I accept and I deal with. You know, it is what it is. It's not holding me back from anything. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying they're all misdemeanor charges. They're all minor, yep. stupid offenses. But like. Unfortunately, they have to come off due to time restraints, just like yeah, you yeah. said. Um, but but back to like the false statement to an officer thing. That was that was funny. I had a couple months clean when I went to court, and um, <clears throat> and every other time I go to court, right? I'd I'd either ask for the time, you know, because most of the time I'd be in there on a violation, mm-hmm. you know, and it's mm-hmm. like it's like oh, just give me the time now because all you're gonna do is you put me back on probation. You're just prolonging me going to jail. You know what I mean? Like, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to violate your probation. I'm going to give you a dirty urine, and I'm going to come back before you, and you're just going to throw me in jail. Like, so just give me time, whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, this time, 
you know, I like went in there and and I didn't have any representation. Normally I'd have like a public defender. In the yeah, very of course. Be- in the very beginning catching charges at an early age, you know, I had mom and dad on my side. Mm-hmm. They would like get me the you know, good lawyer mm-hmm. and like I'd beat the charge. PBJ, you yep. know <laughs> like, yep. community service yes. and stuff like that. But then the patterns started picking up to where I was catching charges regularly. Mm-hmm. And it was like you know, my parents noticed that, and they were like, "Okay, look, like you're on your own. <laughs> you're on your own, bud. You're on your own with this shit. Like, we're you're, you're not gonna bankroll us. No, into this mess. Um, so like this time when I when I went back clean, I went before the judge, and <laughs> and I and I and I told the truth. You know, I was like, yeah, I was fucked up. I was bad, off on drugs and everything. I made up this whole, you know, this whole thing. And yeah. uh, you know, I'm I'm willing I'm I'm willing to accept the consequences of my actions. You know, and she said she said, well, looking at your record, you know, you know, you definitely you're definitely coming to my courtroom today, like different, because of course it was a judge that I've been in front of before. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yep. She was like, she was like, I can see the change in you. She's mm-hmm. like, how much, you know? And I told her I was in a recovery house at the time, you know, practicing a program of recovery, this, that, and the other, and like I was clean like three months. And she was like, she was like proud of that. Yeah, you know, like knowing me and knowing who who like I had been in the past, like this is somebody completely transformed and like different, even at three months clean, and. um so she gave. So she took a shot in the dark. She gave me unsupervised probation. So that's when I got the letter a few years ago. Like You'd I was completely like, completely forgotten about it. Yeah, because of somebody who's like, like I was saying before, somebody who's been on paper their entire adult life. If you get unsupervised anything, like that's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't even you don't even think about it. No, you're like, <laughs> no, y'all fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. You unsupervised skated. that's yeah. nothing yeah, like skated, it's, it's literally I, I, yes I skated you know y'all slapped me on the wrist mm. big whoop so it was uh, it, it, it was funny it was it was like wow I got that um, certificate of completion or whatever they call it and then like <laughs> you like frame like, it <laughs> I, was, I was like wow like unsupervised or not like I just went two years mm-hmm. without like any any charges or any, you know, mm-hmm. drug offenses, anything like that. It was uh it was pretty cool, man. Oh, like yeah. like having that feeling like like wow, I really did this. Because before I would try to dope feed them. You know, I you know, I'd I'd have to I try to play the <clears throat> I try to play the day the day game as I called it. You know, three days you're clean. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So if I have to see my PO on Thursday, oh, yeah. that means Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yep. I can get high. But then I gotta stop because I need Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to get clean to piss clean on Thursday, and I would play that game. But like, it never ever worked. No, you know. So like, it would come down Thursdays here, and I'm like, oh my god, I got high eight hours ago. <laughs> yeah, like I'm high now. So it's like, shit. Like I gotta go see my PO right now. So then, it's, then it comes in making a phone call. Urinators. My uh. My my car broke the down. The wizard. You know, right? yeah, yeah. My car broke down. Having having a having a visine bottle of somebody else's piss taped to your yeah. dick. I, like, I used to supply people clean yes. piss. Actually, in like early craziness, recovery. Yeah. man. Craziness. All the like, really, mm-hmm. all the like, cover it up, man. And it was. Uh, this was like eight years ago, David. Okay. <laughs> Well then, I'm shaking my head at that. Eight years, <laughs> eight years ago, I'm shaking. I was my head helping right. Pat out, man. It's, it's you a know good business I mean? to be in. Yeah, oh, Jesus, you can make some good money off some <laughs> yeah. clean urine in early recovery. Yeah, yeah, man. But it was it's uh, not spiritual. But it, was, no. it was crazy, man. Not. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm I'm talking like this. This last, my last run, 
Um, <clears throat> you know, I can just, I, I remember being on the street, mm-hmm. you know, you've heard my story, abandoned truck on the side of the road. You know, it's not my abandoned, it's not my yeah. truck. I, you know, I'm sleeping in it on the street in the middle of winter 2014. And it was like one of the coldest winters on record in like a hundred fucking years. Yeah, it was cold. And, uh, yeah, it was fucking pretty. <laughs> and I and I can just remember like waking up one day like dope sick as fuck, and um, the truck was like covered in like nine inches of snow, and I was like frozen, literally like I couldn't move, and I was like, how in the fuck am I alive? Like not only am I alive, but how the fuck did I wind up here again? Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Because like. I've been I've I've been introduced to recovery. You know, I've seen the change in people's lives like mm-hmm. due to work in a program of recovery like and I'm talking I'm talking like people that have come before me, people have come after me and like people that I used with like friends of mine like that in my eyes went harder than I did. Anybody that we know? Of course. Who? Huh? You can drop you can drop a first name. <laughs> there's a uh, Bruce, Justin. There's a bunch of them, man. A bunch of them. Uh Ian there's a whole rack. There's a whole rack of people that I used to use with that are clean. You used with Justin? Yeah, Justin. Yeah, Justin's one of my best friends. Yeah, we. I didn't know together. you used together. Huh. <laughs> yeah, actually, drugs saved my life one one time because I was selling coke at the time, and um, and he was he wanted one more, and I was selling it to him like all night, and he wanted one more, one more, one more, and I was like, okay, look, meet me, meet me at my parents' house, and um. And I had been up doing it all night mm-hmm. while I'm selling it. Of course. And so I told him slide through. You know what I mean? Just come to my parents' house. Hit me when you're here. I'll run it out. Whatever. And um, But I was like Jones. Like I was like geeking hard as shit oh, when yeah. I got home. And so like my first, like I'm like, I got to come down. Right? So like so like I railed like two Xanax. Oh. And, um, oh. and I ate two. That's oh. and, yeah. and it didn't. Touch me like it didn't phase me at all. So I slammed two pills of dope and and I OD'd. I mm-hmm. went out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so so here he comes. I'm not answering my phone, but he wants one more. And it's oh, like yeah. three o'clock in the morning, and he pounds on my door at <laughs> my parents' house. And like my vehicle's out front, my lights on in my bedroom. But like the way that my room was set up, like I was on the one side of my bed. That if you walked in my room. You couldn't see me, right? Mm. And I was out on yeah. the floor. But, like, thank God he did knock on the door because if I didn't answer the phone, like, I probably wouldn't be here with you guys because he would never <clears throat> woke my parents up for them to find me. So, like, it's like a, it's like one of the stories. It's like, okay, well, well, drugs actually saved my life one time. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like a crazy story because I was, like, out cold. Man. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. And, like, you know, my parents had to, like, bring me back and everything. And, um, yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> I think I was in rehab like the next day or something. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I believe <laughs> because, that. You know, and not by my doing, obviously, because I've I've gone to treatment handfuls of times. Like when I say handfuls of times, like I can't even, like I can count on both hands and both feet, and would need an extra hand to tell you how many times I went, and um, <clears throat> always for the wrong reasons. Always for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, until this last time in uh, 2015, like I wanted to go. And I was ready for a change, and I was willing at this time to do anything that it was uh, that I had to, <clears throat> you know, for me. And um, and I remember like being in being in treatment, and um, <clears throat> I remember being in treatment, and like I was there for like two like two days or something, and I was like, you know what? 
every time I come through here, even like going to city jail, like they'll put you on methadone, like some detox mm-hmm. medication, right? And I remember like they make it so easy. You know, like you don't feel shit. Like when you're on when you're on buttes or when you're on, you know, meth or whatever, you don't feel any of the like the, the hard withdrawals. It's like they make it so comfortable. So like I had this bright idea that I was gonna refuse my medication, Ugh, right? Dude. And dude, why why'd you do so, that? So <laughs> So like the second day, like they were doing medline and I go up to the window and I'm like, Hey, I don't want none. And they were like, Ha ha, yeah, funny, here you go. You know, you had like one of the highest levels of heroin in your body when you came in. Like, you're joking, right? And I was like, no, because like I wanted to feel it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? My mentality was like, okay, let me feel this because like every other time, like I'm I'm ill for like, you know, an hour or two before like I hustle some, you know, ten dollars up to like get something Mm -hmm. to get well again. And so like, they were like, oh, you're like serious? And I was like, yeah, no, I want to feel all this shit. I want to be able to remember it. So if when I leave here and I have that thought of using, I can reflect back on the experience of what it is really like to come off the shit. Mm-hmm. And maybe that'll change my mind about using. Wait, haven't you illed before, like, <laughs> off, like, completely off, though? Like, you've, you've like, you've withdrawn <clears throat> the whole way through without meds, though, before, right? Yes, yes. You just yeah. wanted to go through well, it again? Well, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, no, I wouldn't say the whole way because there was always something. Okay. There was always there was always something. So I would try it, right, like on my own. And I'm saying, okay, this is it. I'm done, right? Like, and, and most of the time when I say, all right, this is it, I'm done, it was like literally when I have exhausted every other avenue in order oh, to yeah. get one more. Of course, right? of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, all right, this is it. This yeah, is the this time. Yep. This is the time, you know, time to start living life and be a man you know what i mean like and then this is and god's then, way of telling yeah, me and then my phone would ring and be and, and somebody be like hey listen i got 20 dollars uh but no ride can you ride me i'll buy you one i'll get one and it's like you know all that shit about me <laughs> this is the time to get clean yeah. you know indeed like that shit was out the window yeah you know what i'm saying um there were like a few times you know where i did get locked up in central booking and like you know i'd be there for 20 less than 24 hours and, you know, I get, like, recogged or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> but, like, as soon as I got back out, yeah. I mean, it, it was on. You know, so it was, like, never never have I ever gone through a full uh, detox. It's never. the worst. Never have I ever. Um, and and so, like, this time I was, like, you know, we're going to do this thing. And so they made me sign a piece of paper yeah. in the med line, like, mm-hmm. saying, oh, he refuses meds. So, like, but sure as shit enough, like... Come like evening meds. I was like ready to beat down that window. I'm like, please, (laughs) give me something. And they're like, nah, nah. Like you disrupted the whole detox process. Like no, like you signed a paper. Like now you're done. And so like I remember very, very, very clearly being in my room, and one minute I'd be on the bed under the covers. The next minute I'd be sprawled out on the tile floor in the bathroom because I'm sweating. You know, and then I'd be cold again. And then I'd then I'd say, oh, a hot shower will help. And then I'm in the shower and I'm turning it from hot to cold and, mm-hmm. you know, not being able to sleep for like two weeks. Like just craziness, man. And um, and I remember that very, very vividly, very clearly. So so my thought process, because I, I can still remember to this day and it's something that I don't ever want to experience again. And mm-hmm. so... It's uh, so I guess I guess the idea of it did work mm-hmm. because I can still reflect back on that yep. at any given time. Now the obsession to use 
is far gone. Mm-hmm. It was lifted probably, I'd say, four or five months. I remember I was in the recovery house, and I laid my head down at night, and for some reason, I just I was like, wow, I didn't think about using it all today. You know, like, not once. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like, my job, like, I'm, I work in a city a lot, so I'm around it. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's, it, it's, not, it's not going anywhere. It's always going to be there. But, like, even, like, being in those, in the bad parts of the city where they're giving out testers or they're hitting on the corner over here and whatever. I mean, it, early on, man, I, I just remember being lifted and, and I didn't, and I, it, it was, there was no desire. Mm-hmm. There was no desire. You know what I mean? Um, there was a lot of evidence in my life early on, and I put a lot of things in position. Um, like I made a lot of decisions and a lot of moves that aren't really recommended for people in early recovery. Um, but like I put these things in position, like these big boy moves to like, mm-hmm. for me at the time, um, so if I thought about using or if I wanted to use, yeah, like I would, look, I would look at... You know, I would remember the detox, and then I would look at my truck. I would look at my my kid, or I would look at, you know, the business mm-hmm. or something. I'd be like, all right, I have all this shit, and, and it's all going to go in a cooker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, putting those things in position kind of, like, gave me, I guess, you know, the oomph yeah. <laughs> to, like, move forward. And, like I said, the desire to use, the obsession to use, like, was lifted four or five months, somewhere around there, and... um and it's just it's 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 still an uphill battle. Not much, not necessarily with um, with the drugs because you know we hear it all the time. The drugs are just a symptom of the disease. You know, mm-hmm. this is a mind thing, and um, a feelings thing, a behavior thing. Mm-hmm. So like, there's still there's still some old behaviors, and you know, the program of recovery that I work, you know, we 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 write on steps, mm-hmm. and. Every other time writing on those steps, like prior to like honestly writing on them, like I, I hated it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm like, this is bullshit. This is homework. I don't enjoy this. <laughs> like nothing's changing. But like coming into it when you come to a place <clears throat> that your desire to stay clean outweighs your desire to use, mm-hmm. um, your mindset changes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Your mindset changes. So like coming into doing like step work this time. Like, I had to open mind, you know, and I was, like, willing to do it. So uh, so I, I, I did it, and then, you know, I, I didn't really notice much change um, except except for, like, how I saw things. But, like, after, I want to say, like, after four or five is when, like, it was, like, clearly, clearly evident that my life was changing. And it was changing for the better, you know what I'm saying? A lot of those, you know, old behaviors, old mentalities were, like, going away. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and they say like, "Oh, you'll you'll change without your permission," mm-hmm. and like I never understood that. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yep. But like experiencing it, like working through all of the steps and starting mm-hmm. over, and and like I, it's it's clearly evident. Like it's like now I'm the one that's like, "Oh, you will change without your permission," and yep. like, like newcomers and people come and they're like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" And it's like, "Nah, just hold on, bro." <laughs> yeah just hold on it's almost like accidental recovery yeah like you're not like you do shit just <laughs> like like a normal person should be fucking you're just living like everybody else and then you're like oh wait i don't i wouldn't have done that before but now i'm just yep. doing it naturally mm. yeah it's crazy man the, the that's the way up and down 
it really is and like i have i have like sponsors you know the guys that like i mentor mentor and and like help mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and i gotta tell them all the time you know because they'll come at me with some like crazy shit crazy ideas crazy hate like whatever and i'm just like i'm like bro the steps mm -hmm. you'll find it trust me the answer that you were looking for you will find it in the steps mm -hmm. and it's like and that applies to everything in life literally mm -hmm. everything in my life at least mm -hmm. it has applied to like what point mm. so it's like <laughs> it's like i try to push it i don't push it on them but i'm just like you know throw it out hey what's up with that step work bro mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah and then and then and then and then like i see my i see a reflection of myself in in them and and, and not not even just my sponsors just like newcomers other people in recovery you know yep. what i'm saying like I came around for 10 years mm. before I, 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 I put one foot in front of the other. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Before I took one step in the right direction, I was here for a decade. Yeah. And um, so, like, I, 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 try to, I try to, like, respect their process. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, look, my process is my process. Their process is theirs. So it's like I can, I can tell them all about the delights and all the, you know, everything great about this and that. But, like, at the end of the day, like, I have no control over what they do with, you know, what I'm telling them. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's like the whole, like, leading a horse to water oh, yeah. type deal. You know what I'm saying? And um, <clears throat> it's just, like, in their time, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, the, the fucked up thing about, like, today is, um, you know, if, you know, that whole, like, oh, they'll get it in their time. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people don't get yeah. their turn. Nowadays, they, they don't ever yeah. reach... They don't ever reach that that time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, when I got clean, the drugs were different than they are today. Yep. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I came out, like, I got clean right before that fentanyl shit came out. And, like, I, I thank God for it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like thank God. Because, like, I could have gotten stuck on that very, very easily, just like I was stuck on everything else that came mm -hmm. out prior. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, a new, a new drug? Like, a new, oh, <laughs> And it's in the category of my drug of choice. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the way that I use, man, like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it out. Trust mm -hmm. and believe that. Like, like I know, like I got clean the day before I was supposed to die. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's the way I look at it. Like every single time, like I think about it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't play with this thing anymore. We were just talking about that day. Mm -hmm. You know, like. If if if, yeah. if if somebody wants wants to continue to use, if they want to do it, like it's their choice. Like, hey, yeah, that's for that, that ain't for that's me for you. anymore. Like, nope. you can have that shit. Nope. Like, <laughs> my life, my life experience prior to getting clean, like I've lived that, and I know it very well. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I remember that on a regular basis, and that's something that I never ever want to go back to you yeah. know i don't wish it on my worst enemy i don't wish it on anybody fuck that yeah straight up like fuck that mm -hmm. for real all right cool we got some questions for you yeah um yeah yeah um q and a yeah. baby yeah, yeah. um uh, <clears throat> mm -mm. mm -mm. fuck you gonna dance around over there what are you doing uh you go first all right I'm gonna just stick on steps today. All right. So uh, that's easy. Yeah, you know, I I wanted to listen to the speaker tonight. You know, like well, I was listening. Yeah. That's, why, that's why I have so many questions. Um, so I guess let's let's start with step one. 
and kind of just go with something we usually ask um, as you're vaping. Uh, <laughs> how has addiction manifested itself in your life since entering <clears throat> recovery? And I guess, like, how have you applied the first step to yeah. those behaviors? And, like, where have you seen success and where have you seen failures? Um, so, yeah, the manifest manifestation of the disease of addiction, you know, because it's a very broad Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, it's a, it comes from a very broad stance, yeah. right? <laughs> so, like, you hear addiction, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's not just drugs. No. You know, it could be eating, sex, gambling, shopping, you know. Coffee, um, cigarettes, Coffee, Red cigarettes, Bull. vaping. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's true. All day. It's true. All um, day. Eric I mean, makes it could be, be, be anything. And like, and, like, the thing about it is... It's like it's 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 just for me. It's literally taking something or buying something or using something or whatever mm-hmm. to change the way I feel. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I've been I've been I've been very blessed in my recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, financially, I'm 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 doing all right. And so, mm-hmm. like, I like we were just talking about travel. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I like I like to spend money. <laughs> As you're wearing your Adidas full tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, I found this by accident. Y- yeah, I did. I was like, oh, I forgot I had these pants. Oh, I have a shirt and oh, shoes. Didn't I just get a new pair of Adidas shoes too? I think they're down in the basement. What color are they? I wonder. Oh, it matches too. That's awesome. But yeah, no shopping, shopping. And so here's the thing with with a lot with with, with a lot of my behaviors okay so the way i look at a behavior you know some people might say it's negative i might say it's positive but like at the end of the day like for me if it's causing pain in my life Mm -hmm. you know like i will eventually hopefully come to a point to where that pain you know is enough for me to change that behavior yep so, and I've experienced that mm-hmm. in recovery. You were asking about that. But, like, just just say something, like, like for me, right? I have a huge problem with shoes. Huge problem. I'm talking. Uh, I, I've heard. I'm talking. For real? I've heard. I'm talking. I have 80, you, 90 pair of shoes, brand new in the box. You're a sneakerhead? Yes. Oh. I wouldn't call myself a sneakerhead. I would just call myself a collector. There's a big difference. Is there? There's a big difference. I would difference. love to get yeah. further into this. Yeah. I think so sneakerheads sneaker sneaker know all the philosophy. Yeah, they know everything. Philosophy behind the sneakers. They can name the sneakers. Like, look, I just buy, I see a sneaker. I'm like, I like those sneakers. And I buy them. So, like, I would say I'm more of, like, a collector. Like, not anything in particular, but, mm-hmm. like, but, but that to me is not a negative behavior because it doesn't impact my livelihood. It doesn't impact, you know, it's not like I'm like, oh my God, should I pay the water bill? Or yeah. oh my God. Get these they new just Air Force ones. Well, they I just th- dropped the new Jordans. So mm. oh you know, I'm not like taking away from yeah. like my daily my daily necessities mm-hmm. to like I'm not picking a pair of sneakers over feeding my family no it, you know what i'm saying it's so, more like does the collection eventually <clears throat> become hoarding that's that's like the fine line i guess of collecting be. things where you're yeah. like all right so when does it become unmanageable because mm-hmm. i used to be a collector 
And then I went to the total opposite spectrum to you minimalism. Sold everything. I sold everything. Yeah. I sold almost everything. You had. Why every- didn't I know you then? <laughs> Dude, I sold so much. Like I, I went on eBay and essentially sold like yeah. probably eighty-five percent of you what had, I owned. You had every um, single system, all like shit tons of games. And it could, it could be a phase that I'm going yeah. through. Yeah. It could be a phase that I'm going yeah, through too. You know, I might, I might, I might, I might leave here tonight and like wake up tomorrow and be like the fuck do I need all these goddamn shoes for? Mm-hmm. It could like, be. Like, I mean, gonna, let me talk to Eric about yeah. how he unloaded his vest. eBay. <laughs> you could probably, but you, the way you could do it is through Poshmark. Mm-hmm. Because you probably actually have, like, good clothes. Yeah, I mean, good shoes. Like, if, I don't the sneaker community is crazy. I've read yeah. a lot about it. Mm-hmm. It fascinates it me. It is. Yeah. It is. It, it is crazy. Collection communities are great. Um, yeah. They're, like, ah, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> now, like, you're talking about like step one and like the yeah man like the the, the major like you, you probably know, had an energy drink the, thing, the major right? I did yeah so like how did I you did. get past that how did I get past that I don't even know how I got past that I mean um I mean I know that I know that in the very beginning you know I would I've been in the same I've had the same job since I was mm-hmm. 17 years old 18 years old right so like with my experience in that field very easy for me to get a job. Mm-hmm. So, like, I could literally come from jail, I could come out of treatment, and, like, it was very simple for me, you know, to get a job. And so, like, early on in recovery, like, come out of treatment, and I'm like, oh, look, I have a job. Look, I have a pocket full of money. Let me walk into rural farms and get the Red Bulls because they were, like, two for five fifty five or something, yeah. whatever. You know what I'm saying? But old behaviors, right? I take two up to the counter. They go to check me out, and I'd be like, oh, I left my wallet at home, right? Now, damn well, I had $400 in my pocket, right? So what I would do is I would say, oh, I'll put these back for you, right? On my way to put it back, I'd open it, put one in, put one in my pocket, walk out. So I'd just steal a, steal. a, 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 a Red Bull yeah. because of the old behaviors, because that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What it's a pocket a rush, full of money. Though, right? Like, what you're also looking for money. that rush of, like, of, like copping <laughs> yeah. something real quick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> getting so. away with that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't need it. Right, you could have paid for it, exactly. but just knowing, like, getting that little bit of adrenaline, like, I might get caught. Exactly. I mean, it was down to like when when I when I came in, I was you know I was a smoker, uh, you know I smoked cigarettes and stuff, and like like literally just throwing like when I'd open a new pack of cigarettes and take the cellophane off the top of it, I would just throw it right out the window, like, mm-hmm. and I'd find myself like, oh my god, that was so wrong, you know, and that's like changing <laughs> without your permission type yeah. deal, right? Um, but like, I'm a litter bug. <laughs> 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 but like with the, with the step one, like the the major spiritual principle in step one is the acceptance. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So like, okay, well like I know that I don't have to steal this. So like I'm accepting that, you know, I am doing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm clarifying to myself that I'm doing wrong, and like I I would change that behavior. So like the very next time, maybe not the next time, maybe within ten times of doing it, <laughs> you know, yeah. I started to develop a conscience, right? Mm-hmm. And that goes to throwing the cellophane out the window or stealing a Red Bull mm-hmm. or a monster or whatever. And it's like, okay, you know what? Like, this is not good. Because, like, here I am. I'm supposed to be, like, clean, a different person, changing my ways and everything. And I'm, like, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And for coming around for so long, even though most of the time I would come into a meeting and I would, like, nod out or I'd meet the drug dealer on the parking lot, you know, I did listen. You know, I yeah. developed relationships and everything. And, I, and, and like, I was... I was aware enough to realize that the behaviors 
is one of the is is like the main leading factor in what takes people back out. Yeah. And so it scared the shit out of me. I'm like, I'm out here stealing. I'm 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 living off of old behaviors. Like, holy shit. Like, I better. <laughs> yeah. So like fear like steps in, mm-hmm. you know. And like now here I am like worried I'm gonna get locked up or like worried because like you know I'm stealing. Like it's gonna it's gonna fuck with my head so much that the only way that I know to cover that up is by using. Mm-hmm. You know. And so like I slowly but surely like started changing that and littering. That's a huge thing. I. I have. I will not litter. Good. Like mm-hmm. I awesome. will not do it. Yep. Um, if I see somebody throw some shit out their window, I mean, there was one time I was on Ballard Road, and we were at a stoplight, and somebody literally threw like, like, like a whole bunch of shit out, like a bag of trash. Like I'm talking no, like no. a grocery bag of trash out the fucking window. I put my truck in park. I walked right up to their window. I picked it up and I threw it back in their fucking car. It's like, you're part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Had like six months clean. Just yeah. <laughs> just stopped littering like two days before. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, but no. Going back to your question, Eric, about um, you know, practicing that step. Like one of the big things for me, like early on, was like using women. Ah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Sex. You know, and I had the experience of through my ten years of being in re- you know introduced to recovery. Like I had spouts. I had little. I had little bouts of like mm-hmm. getting clean. You know, thirty days, ninety days. You know, whatever. <clears throat> and, like, I remember the one time, like, like that's what took me back out. Because, like, I was in a relationship. And I was, like, running around. Mm. And, like, I remember just feeling like such a piece of shit. And I literally, I couldn't stop. I mm. couldn't stop mm. um, chasing, chasing, chasing after the girls. And um, and it was it was very difficult for me at the time. And I'm, th- I'm talking, this is six, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, but I came to a play like I came to a point where I was just like I walked into a meeting one day and like I had like slept with like every girl in the front row. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like they all like turned around because you know when like you walk into a meeting like yeah. if anybody's in there like everybody in the meeting is like oh he just walked in the fucking door. Yeah. And um, so it was like they all like turned and they all looked at me and I was just like you just hit the U turn. Oh, they all know about me. You know they all are uh-huh. talking about it and this and that and I was like you know fuck this like. I'm just going to go get high because, like, I felt so uncomfortable, so awkward. And Mm. it was, like, one of those things where, like, I couldn't, like I said, it was just like the drug, man. Mm -hmm. I couldn't stop. It was an unhealthy behavior. I knew I was doing wrong. Um, I just couldn't, I just couldn't stop. Mm. And so, like, that drove me back out. Um, So, like, that's another Mm -hmm. thing that, like, I had to work on when, when I got clean. And um, so, like, yeah, that's, that's one of the areas in my life. That it's that it caused you know some pain and havoc and and I made it through it you know what I mean so step one man my sponsor always tells me you know I'll call him and I'll be like hey man like it's fucking asshole today at work today like he beat me up on my price when I gave him the bill and blah 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 and he's like step one <laughs> and I'm like I'm like fuck yeah, you fuck your step one. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. Like, mm-hmm. I need a co-signer to, like, kick this motherfucker in the neck. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like fuck you, man. Like, yep. why, are you, <laughs> why are you telling me to practice some acceptance, bro? And uh, it's funny, man. He always resorts everything back to step one. But the reality of it is, like, practice step one every day in everything you do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Your life will go a little bit smoother. It'll go, uh, you'll have a little bit more of understanding. You know, that whole powerless piece, man. Mm-hmm. That works wonders. Even though it sucks, yeah, being powerless. Like powerlessness is, that is a painful thing to experience. Yeah, you know, especially when you come around. But it's here. uplifting. 
It is, but when you come around here and you de- develop relationships with people and, like, you know, like, they're involved with your recovery and you're involved with their recovery and, like, you know, you know their family and they know you and they play with your kids and everything and then they wake up one day and they make a, a different decision. Mm. You know, in that situation, you're powerless. Mm. And it's painful because yeah. you can't do shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's a, it's a two-way street. Yes. You know, um... But, like, I got that experience. I got that experience, like, early on. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the exact scenario of that. But I do remember, like, very clearly telling myself, like, holy shit, powerlessness? Like, that shit is actually, that can be painful. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, it is it is what it is, man. People, people are responsible for their own recovery. Um, mm-hmm. I can literally only do what I can do for me. Yep. But the one thing that I do know is that, in staying in a position of recovery, like I am broadcasting myself and what recovery is. You literally are right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, for others to see, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? For others to hear. And like it's it's a it's a shot of hope, man, when like I see one of my old using buddies like roll on in, mm-hmm. you know, and they like walk with me and they're like, holy shit, like I didn't even, I didn't even recognize you. Like and then they're like, man, you went hard, man. Like if you can fucking do it, mm-hmm. like, bro, yep. I can too. You know, mm-hmm. and I see it, man. And it's uh, it's a beautiful thing seeing like people grow in a recovery process. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a wonderful thing. And um, you know, I'm just, look, man, I'm just like eternally grateful. For, yeah. For like, my life today, like me making the decisions, you know, that led up to you know, getting clean and everything. And, and it's something that, that I don't take for granted. But I will tell you that I can act very ungrateful at times. We all can. You know what I'm We're saying? We're fucking humans. I can act very ungrateful and I can kind of stray away from the past a little bit. My wife just the other day was like, you need to go to a fucking meeting. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, you need to go to a meeting. You know, and um, and like I, I feel when I don't go to meetings, not not... I don't feel it as much as like when I'm not in the steps, right? Because mm-hmm. like I'm huge on the steps. I'm huge in writing on the steps. Um, so like just say like I have like a shitty week at work, right? And I'm mm-hmm. batshit crazy and I come home and my wife recognizes it and like my kids recognize it and everything. And like then finally I recognize it if she doesn't or somebody else doesn't point it out to me. And, I'm, and, and then I realize I'm like, wow, I haven't rode on a step in like three weeks. Mm. So like once I dive into it. And I just, you know, write write a few things down, answer a few questions, man. It's like, it like brings me back down to ground. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, it like reboots me. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, go to a meeting and that helps too. And um, it's like everybody, every everybody that, that comes through my phone outside of like clients, it's, it's, it's in recovering. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, making that change from, because see, I kept my same number. <laughs> when I got clean. Oh, yeah. When I got clean. I was like, what? Right. I did, number I did right? not. And so I had, so everybody's like, change that number, change that number, because I was getting the text, like, yep. like, oh, God, fucking five for 40 all yeah. day long, guys. You know, like, hey, teeing off and fucking blah, blah, blah. And blah. You know, it's just like, and like, I texted, and like, I was like, texting back. I was like, you have the wrong number. Or they call and be like, yo, what's up, man? How you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And, like, I would change my voice. And I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. You have the wrong number. <laughs> like, like, you have to delete this number. Like, no, that's not me. And, 
and and like slowly but surely, man, like the the phone calls stop coming in, and mm-hmm. and now it's it's strictly it's like a, it's my business line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, <laughs> craziness. Yep. Craziness. Everybody told me change your fucking number, bro. All right. Change your number. I got oh. I got one for you. <laughs> How? Hmm. It's between two. How do you challenge yourself in recovery? Because like after we've been here for a while, um. We can get into routine, which can be good, can be bad. Like, sometimes you can, that routine can get boring, and, like, it's just the same monotonous kind of shit, and then you add that with the monotony of work life and and all that. Um, How do you go outside of what you normally do to really, like, challenge yourself and and really give yourself that new shot that you need? So, I stay active in service work. Mm-hmm. That's definitely um, that's definitely a huge thing of mine. Mm-hmm. So, I always an- I always answer to that every month. I answer I answer to the service work that that I get that helps me greatly. Like I can't see myself any time in the immediate near future or in the future like giving up that commitment mm-hmm. um, because that's one of the things that like keeps me like very grateful. Yeah. Um, as far as like challenging myself, <clears throat> we can get stagnant even in, 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 in the meetings. Yeah. Because like, 100%. it's literally the same people, the yeah. same meetings, the same place. Yes. Yep. Every day. Mm-hmm. Right. So like one of the things that I do is like, I'll, I'll, I'll go to a different area, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I love doing that. And in doing that, you meet different people, you hear different people's stories, you see new faces, you see new meeting places mm-hmm. and you know, uh, your circle grows. Yep. You know what I mean, and um, and I and I and I love it because like, because like when I I'm like okay look, because I have to force myself to go to meetings. Yeah, sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I if I'm in town, I'm oh, Eric my, doesn't understand. If that. I'm if I'm if I'm in town, because I travel a lot on the weekends. Yeah, I'm at my home group. You know what I mean. So like, I know like I'll be at my home group, but like. That's that's not enough for me. That's mm-hmm. my home group. That's where I, that's where I serve. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, so like for me, I kind of it, yeah, it's a meeting, but I don't look at it as as a meeting meet. Like yeah. for a better lack of a term. So I gotcha. like I'll challenge myself to like literally. All right, Tuesday I'm going to a meeting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then like I'm like Tuesday comes, I'm like okay, I'm going to a meeting, and I'm going to a meeting. What meetings tonight? And then like I'm like. Oh well, there's the seven thirty around the corner. There's the ten o'clock. You're like the circle meeting. Yeah, we're going to the circle and meeting. What's and then easy? I'm like, and then I'm like, fuck this. I ain't going to meet tonight. And like I'm not trying to. See, I'm not trying to see him. People. I'm mm-hmm. gonna know. I'm gonna know the speaker. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be the same old song and dance with everybody. With what? What they're going? With, you know, whatever. So like, I'll go down to like the Bay Area, or mm-hmm. like I'll go over like to the East Side, mm-hmm. or I'll go up to like Westminster, or like wherever, man. I'll just like I'll just go somewhere different, mm-hmm. and like that that excites me. Mm-hmm. You know, it uh it like re-energizes that little like spark in recovery. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, okay, cool. I'm going makes to you feel like play. a newcomer again a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and then and, and 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 like I I used to not when they would say, "Is there anybody new to this meeting?" or blah blah blah. Like I would I would be like. Like hide. I didn't want. To, I know. I didn't want five anybody's... years clean. You don't want to be well, like. Oh, I'm well, new. no. Well, no. Because then everybody's like, "Oh, here, keep coming back." It's like so I got five years. Fuck I'm talking off. about. I'm talking about the beginning, right? Oh, okay. Like I'd be like, no, I don't want people to know I'm here. I don't want people to see me. Like I don't want the spotlight on me. But like mm-hmm. now, if I'm like in a new meeting in a new area and like nobody knows me, like I'm like proud as shit. I'm like, 
money's fat, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, it, like, I actually, that excites me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, it opens the door for communication. Yeah. From, from other people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, nine times out of ten, you go to a meet and you say you're new, somebody's going to talk to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um. Yep. And then it's cool, you know, we just, I drive with people and then I get people's numbers and then, you know, develop that relationship with them and it's a cool thing, man. Recovery, recovery's awesome. Recovery's mm-hmm. awesome. I'll tell you, it's a lot easier to stay on this side of the fence than it was the other side. Yeah. Like, for real. Is uh, it's, it's a fucking, it's a journey, man. <laughs> it's fucking a journey. Hell. You yeah. know, living life on life's terms, man. It's, it's 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 crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Adulting, you know what Ugh. I mean. Can I have a follow up question, Eric? <laughs> sure. Yes. Go ahead, David. Yes. All right. So, what recovery tools have you found outside of Narcotics Anonymous? I love how you take all of my outside? questions. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. You, you take all of my. You took questions. my first one. You fuck. <laughs> I made that question. You didn't make that question. I did make that <laughs> no. question. God made that question. So what was the question again? How do I, what, what do I... What tools have you found outside of NA okay. to, to use? So I'm, I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, recently, you know, I've been, I've been playing since I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked up, you know, guitar and bass and the drums and whatever. So like, anyway, like when I got clean, like drums was like my thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And like it has been... So, like, recent, well, within the past year, mm-hmm. I, like, started taking drum lessons, right? Oh, really? And so, I look forward to that. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, an escape for me because, like, literally, I have my routine, like, every day. And my wife will tell you. Like, I come home, you know, most days around, like, 2, 3 o'clock. I go straight down into my man cave. And I play my drums for about a half an hour, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then immediately following that... I play hard, right? So now I'm out of breath and I got to like relax. Mm. So then I go over and I sit down and I play my video game. <laughs> and like about like halfway like through playing my video game, like I'll hear like the kids running across the floor upstairs and I'm like, all right, well, she's home. Like, and that's like my unwind. You know, it's like I do it. I literally every day mm-hmm. go downstairs, play my drums, play my, play my Xbox, you know, unwind from the day. And um, that's been my that's been my thing for a long time. You know, that's one thing. Um, I also travel. I travel mm-hmm. a lot. I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying to think of like things that like take. You know, like outside of recovery that takes my mind away. That's therapeutic mm-hmm. for me. You know, yeah. I'm a snowboarder. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, my wife likes the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I travel to. The beaches a lot, mm-hmm. and I travel out west to go snowboarding a lot because literally when I'm like snowboarding like 50 miles an hour down a mountain, like oh yeah, trust me, I'm not like thinking about <laughs> anything yeah except not running into a fucking tree yeah you know what I'm saying and um and it's like one of the things man it just takes me like completely away from reality mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite things to do um I do it you know three four five times a year mm-hmm. you know when it's in season um I love it. You know, but sometimes, sometimes we'll just, you know, we'll t- just things that give me a sound or something, man. Just like taking the kids to the park. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. my wife does it more than I do. Um, but like when I do go, it's like, like just seeing the kids like run around, man. You mm-hmm. know, there's three of them. So it's like, 
seeing them all run around and then and the boy's like i want to swing you know and like put him in a swing and pushing him in a swing and just seeing him like ah, mm. smiling and everything man that's like that's a good that's it's a good joy man it's it's um it's a blessing to be able to experience that mm. you know what i mean it's um It's completely different. Yeah. Than oh, I got, yeah. Like I can fucking imagine. When I, got, when I got clean, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't have my kids in my life. Uh, state of Maryland was involved. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Social services was involved. Oh it was, yeah. It was like a whole thing, and um, sort of like, sort of like, know how it was and how it is today, man. There's like a lot of, a lot of blessings and a lot of gifts of recovery. Mm-hmm. You know that um. How often do you how often do you have like the oh shit moment like that you're just like how the fuck did I get here? Uh pretty regularly. Me too. Pretty regularly. Me fucking yeah, too. Yeah, it's just like like I like I mean like I've been I like I said like I've been, I've had I've had many many blessings. And it's just like like me and my wife like bought a house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know just just like dumb shit like you know when the bank increases your credit limit. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're like, how the fuck did this? These happen? motherfuckers just raised my credit limit to forty two thousand dollars. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow. Like, don't they know who the fuck I am? Mm-hmm. Like, don't they know that I will literally burn all of that up yeah. in no time mm-hmm. on gift cards and sell them, <laughs> sell them for half to the drug dealers? Like, you know what I mean? Uh, like, <laughs> it's crazy, man. A lot of those aha like moments. There's holy shit. You know, just. I mean, like, my wife, man, she's fucking beautiful, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and it's just like, I, I, I literally joke with her all the time, like, why, seriously, why the fuck are you with me? Dude, <laughs> like, do you ever ask your wife that? <laughs> like, yeah. why are you with me? And she's okay. like, that's and just she, us too, then. Yeah, it is. Because I ask Kristen that all the fucking like, time. I'm like, why the fuck because, did you and, come, me? and it comes back to... You know, it comes back to me like still like having like insecurity. He's like, I know. For me, it's like insecurity still. You know, self doubt and everything. Um, But she tells me all the time, man. She she tells me all the time. She's like, she's like, you're an amazing, you're an amazing person. She's like, I wouldn't want to see myself with anybody else in this life. I still can't hear that shit. You know, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) You're like lies. Yeah, lies. All lies. What have you got, Eric? (laughs) So. Just, uh, I, I do kind of want to stick to the relationship thing, but did I also hear you have a urinal in your man cave? Did I did I see something or hear something about that at one point? I do. I have, like, a commercial bathroom in my basement. In my man cave. It's in my man cave. That's yeah. kind of amazing. Um, <laughs> well, I'm a plumber and HVAC. So it helps. by trade. It helps. To, yeah, so I can do it. You can do it, yeah. <laughs> so. But I do. Yes. All right, so you're married to someone who's in recovery. I am. So so am I. <clears throat> and that can present certain challenges, but also has certain benefits. Mm-hmm. What are some of the benefits and challenges you've seen? Yeah, so um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say, for me and my relationship, like there's not, there's not too many challenges, um, but the benefits of it is that she'll just straight pull me the fuck up on my shit. Mm-hmm. She'll just pull me up. Oh, and she's that know? type, too. Yeah, yeah, she's... Yeah, that's all I love she's about that your wife. You're, your wife she's is that the type. Shit. That's that's my wife. She's amazing. She's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, but no, man, like having to, having somebody that understands mm-hmm. is awesome. You know, because like it, like and, and like I couldn't even like imagine like myself like being being like married or in a, even in a relationship with like a normal person. Oh, okay, why'd, why'd you look at me? me? Why'd me? you look at me? Okay, I'm talking about me. Yeah, David. all right, all right. Because it's like. <laughs> Because it's like one of those things is like, 
like, I couldn't even imagine, like, the first conversation you would have with this person. Like, you know, you go out on, like, a date or something, and it's like, yeah. oh, hey, so tell me about yourself. And it's like, well, let me tell you. I have a record <laughs> that's, like, pages long. Mm -hmm. um, I shot heroin on the streets of West Baltimore for 10-plus years. Did I mention I smoked crack? Um, <laughs> just for, just know, recreationally, though. Yeah, I mean, you, it's fine. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and then it's like, and then you have to explain, once you get, like, a little deeper in it, it's like, you know, well, I'm not that person anymore, but I have to attend, mm -hmm. you know, meetings or be involved with my recovery, you know, on a pretty regular basis in order to maintain me not ever going back to that place. Mm -hmm. um, so I've never experienced that, but I can see that being a challenge in in a relationship with somebody who's not in recovery. Is. Yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, you know, she had, she is, my, my wife has her home group. I have my home group. We both, we both go, mm -hmm. um, you know, when I go, obviously, you know, she's, she's going to have the kids, you know, when she goes most. And most I see you guys at meetings apart like, more than I see you together. Yeah. Which is and, awesome. And sometimes we'll go together, but yeah, we got the like kids. anniversaries and we shit. got the kids. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's difficult because yeah, like. It's juggling. Yeah. So like, so like we have kids at nine, six and two, mm -hmm. the two year old. He's like coming of age where he's starting to repeat things and like he under kids are smart, man. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you don't think they're listening, they're listening. So like if we have the kids like in a meeting or whatever, like we'll like put them off in the corner with, you know, a set of headphones and an iPad or a tablet, whatever, the mm -hmm. phone. You and, actually um, have the good NA kids. Because there's good NA yeah. kids and there's bad NA kids. <laughs> Because <laughs> no, like, no, no, I only have good NA kids if my wife is there. Okay, if that's I was there fair. with that's the kids, probably fair. If I was there with the kids, I don't think I've they seen would that. not be good. Trust yeah, me, believe that. Because like that. my my wife is, she's the boss, dude. <laughs> Everybody listens to the boss, dude. So. The NA moms, <laughs> dude, they have a fucking look. Because like, I'll play with I'll play with kids in the meeting. Like yeah. I don't give a fuck, and then they'll just stare at me. I'm like, I fucked up. <laughs> Oh, shit, we'd be like, yeah, go ahead, take them. <laughs> take them. Go play ball in the hallway with them. <laughs> but it's actually because it's, it's hard to, you know, actually focus on a meeting when you have the kids in the meeting. Um, uh, yeah. Um, but no, my, my, the, kid, the kids are good. They're quiet. They're not too crazy. Okay. Oh. But did I answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. We? Okay. Yeah. I kind of—I yeah. don't know if it like kind of went off in the left no, field think, on that. I think it, I mean, it, the it the challenge. The challenges. Yeah. The challenges of of it. I just remember the question, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the challenges um, of having of dating somebody in recovery, like, like I, I don't, I don't really have any okay. in any with it. But the benefits of it is is good. Because You've never dealt with a relapse before. No, not no. In, not in okay. not in a relationship. Not in a relationship <laughs> no, with anyone in recovery. No, thank God. So my wife, um, my wife has eight years. Yeah. No, I know how much. I know she's. Yeah. Got, so so yeah. she is eight. I have five. And Tara and I have the same amount of clean time. I guess so. Really? I guess so. I totally thought she had more. Like she, she definitely has so more, doesn't? She? No, she. No, she's in, she's a celebrate eight. She's in her ninth year now. Huh. Okay, so watch she, her, she watch she, her check the fuck out of me when I get home. She is a little. You don't even know how much. She is a little bit ahead of me, but like <laughs> no, she's got eight. Dude, she is like light eight. light years ahead of me. Yeah. I Lord. thought she had. I thought she had like a ten. I Wait, thought she was with Donnie. Six nine. I don't know the year. But. No way, dude. She does. She did not have only a month more than me when I. So it'd be six nine two thousand twelve. She has yeah. to be eleven. Yeah. 
Uh-oh. I thought she had a year mm-hmm. at least when no, I came. she's going to celebrate Wait. nine this year. She's going to celebrate nine this year. Mm-hmm. So that she's 2011. Oh, shit. Okay, so yeah, she has... Yeah, she would have had a year she, when, yeah. when I came in. She has 15 months on me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like three years. <laughs> solid yeah, solid this was all very difficult. Yeah. Solid props to you. Fly, time flies, man. Oh, I know. It's fucking like, nice. Like, I, I'm, time flies. Yeah, I'm close to a fucking you know, decade. When, 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 like, you're living, when you're living life, man, time flies. You know, like, I literally, <laughs> I had a birthday, and I was like, somebody <laughs> asked me, they were like, how old are you? And I was like, oh, I'm 32. They were like, oh, yeah, you're 87, baby. And I was like, no, I'm born in 86. And they're like, that would, that would make 33, you 33, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. I just lost a year of my life. I know. Like, I'm like, I'm fucking 33. Like, you know, my wife just turned 35. I'm like, what? Um, this is crazy. All right. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to ask both of you this question, actually. Because this is, uh, this, this pertains to both of you. So you're both workaholics. I know you are. <sighs> Jesus, you fucking yawn at my question? Go ahead. You son of a bitch. Go ahead. Just for that, you can answer second. So, um, how do you balance? Like, obviously, like, anybody who's not listening, balance is a verb. It's not something you achieve and then and you're there. So how do you maintain <clears throat> balance between work and the rest of your life? Your family, your recovery, <clears throat> uh, your snowboarding, your music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, with my experience with balance, doesn't exist. <laughs> doesn't exist. Okay. Um, so, so like I'm my I'm my sixth year in business now. Mm-hmm. I'm into my sixth year, and um, and like you, like for my business, like listen, my phone starts going off at six thirty in the morning. Mm. Sometimes I don't get off the phone until eleven o'clock at night. Some days are quieter than others. Mm-hmm. You know, I lo- I love the days where my phone doesn't go off. Yeah. I'm just in the field with the guys, you know, whoever, you know, the plumbers, the HVAC guys, the duck guys, whoever it is, you know, and I'm going to on the job with them, and I got my, my headphones in, I'm just working with them, you know, getting, and if the phone doesn't ring, like, I love it, um, but there's, you know, I'll get home, and that's when everybody else gets home, like, all my customers and all the clients, and of course, they're going to have questions about the progress, or a question about how we did this or that and everything, so it's like, I'll literally be at the dinner table <laughs> eating my dinner with my kids and, you know, my wife. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'll be, like, on the phone. Um, so, like, I'm putting things in position this year. You know, like, I hired, like, a secretary. I'm mm-hmm. about to start an answering service. So, like, I can literally come home at 5 o'clock and turn the phone over. Nice. because Because it... Because it, it, it messes with my... It's starting to mess with my spirit. Because it's yeah. all the time. It's constantly. I'm mm-hmm. on the fucking phone. And I'm just like, this is bullshit. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm literally losing time. Like, you know, cherished time. Like, you know, missing out on experiences and stuff like that. So, <clears throat> so it's like, all right, I'm just going to turn the phone over. But, um... But no, the bounce thing, man, I just... I just wing it. It's like... Like, for me, like, I don't have a... Like, with, with work, like, I... Am I a workaholic? I want to say I'm a workaholic because, like, honestly, I prefer not to work at all. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously. Yeah. But, like, unfortunately, I'm the owner, so I have to work. I have yeah. to answer to everybody. You know, all my guys in the field, mm-hmm. I have to answer to my reps, my salesmen. I have to answer to the customers. Everything comes back on me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't if, – if you're on the outside looking in and you say, you know, I'm a workaholic, like, 
Um, like I can see that. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I'm sorry, I wasn't throwing shade. No, no, at no, you. no, no. You're not, you're not throwing shade, <laughs> but I mean, like being a small business owner, man. Especially, especially when you're building, yeah, the business. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. It takes a long time for the business to just kind of run itself. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time. And, you know, I've experienced that, and I don't have a business degree. I don't have a college degree in like business administration or anything like that. It was just a good fucking idea because at the time when I got clean this last time, like it was hard for me to get a job, but like somebody offered me offered me a subcontracted job and they were like, you know, open a business so I can write a 1099 to your business. And then from there, you know, everything just fell into place. And like, it's been, it's been profitable. It's been, you know, growing. It's, um, it's, it's, it's successful, Mm. you know, and, um, but it, but it comes with a lot of, a lot of time. It does. It really does. Um, like I cherish those days where my phone is quiet like, I love it. Like, I'm such a, like, a, like... Do you turn piece. off the phone on vacation, or can you not no. even do that? No, I can't do that. Oh. I got I got, I got, got crews of guys that work for me, so, like, I need to be able to answer. Um, I don't have somebody in the field that's, like, you know, project manager or something mm-hmm. there where I can be like, oh, you know, to the clients, like, oh, hey, I'll be away. Like, but if you need anything, call so-and-so, you know? Um, you have to build a business at that point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, was, it was me for... I'd say two years, just me in a truck by myself, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd hire people or bring people one as like, you know, labor, daily labor Helpers. Yeah. as needed, you know what I'm saying? Depending on what the day entailed. And, um, but now it's like, dude, I got three of my own trucks on the road. I got like six people, you know, that work for me. And then I got another, another six, seven people that sub from me. Um, and I, and like, <laughs> All the while, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. But it's working. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm going to continue to just do it, man, and um, build up with the balance thing, man. It's There's there's no fucking balance. Like, I can't control balance, mm-hmm. like, when it comes. And, 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 it, and it all leads back to, like, the business thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, the family and the kids and, yeah, you know, the, the vacation and whatever. Um you know, there's times where I gotta like cancel my drum lesson. Yeah. Because like I'm like, oh hey, I'm sorry, but like I fucking forgot and I booked right over top of our appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens pretty regularly. Uh, and that was like one of the, <laughs> that's like one of the things of like hiring a secretary mm. to like help with a lot of the stuff. Nice. Um, but yeah, workaholic. I guess you could. I guess you could say that. I don't want to be one. That's the real workaholic. What have you got? How do you balance, Eric? <laughs> um there is no balance now i think there i think there can be balance uh we've talked about this a lot actually recently it's something is, is, it's, it's something that needs to be achieved it's it's hard and like so when i ran my own business uh, i did that for five years and with your own business i mean yeah until you get infrastructure built up around you you're just fucked Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just like no way like I burned myself to the ground because there's there's always the thought and it sounds like Pat you had a lot more infrastructure than I had built up but I got to that point where you get to this point and I think the contractor who's building my like who's working on my house right now is kind of at that point too where you fall into this like deadly cycle of where it's like you keep accepting gigs 
because you're worried that you don't know when the next gig will come. But then you just keep fucking up your budget and your time to where, like, nothing really properly gets done. Mm. And you just become fucked. And, like, I just burned myself out. I was tired of working weekends. I was tired of working nights. I was tired of working 80-plus hours. Um, Even though I probably work 80 (laughs) over 80 hours now anyway. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, dude. I live by calendars. I know you do. Um, I appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, if anyone... So I don't talk about this very often. I have two calendars. So I have my my the company I work for, I would have that work calendar. And then I also have a podcast recovery calendar, mm-hmm. which has David's, like the podcast that we set up. But yes. it also has um, every time I'm going to be out of town. So my mm-hmm. wife knows, because I travel a shit ton for work. Uh, between now and the end of this month, I think I have nine flights booked. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, you know, keeping all that stuff up to date. When I wake up in the morning, I have a super solid routine. Like, I eat, I get my coffee, I let my dog out. You know, I do all that. Mm-hmm. Then I practice Spanish for 20 minutes so I can learn how to speak Spanish. And then What I, you got? Not much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Start basic understanding it. But, That's you know. Um, I work out for a half hour. I start getting on calls. I start working. You know, I eat lunch around 11. Um, you know, I try to, if I if I have the time, I'll, like, do, like, some podcast stuff or I'll maybe meditate. I've been trying to meditate. That shit's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll work out during the afternoon, like, between calls to, like, separate the day. Then uh, in the evening, I try to stop by 9. Mm. That's my goal. Yep. And then I just always constantly, like, the thing I constantly do, the podcast has become work. I know. It really has. And you're doing a great job. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, it's a lot of work. It's, um, but I'm trying to get it to a place where it's automated. So, you know, like, I can start doing, like, more of my fun video stuff. I can start doing, like, some photography. I want to record a new album. And anybody um, who's listening, there's there's some cool stuff coming in the future. There's for very podcasts. cool shit. There's, we, yeah, man. We, there, there's a whole phase. But where I would we're in the say, of. I would say, I put twenty to forty plus hours a week into podcast recovery. I know. Um, and then with my job, I put fifty to seventy, sometimes eighty, depending on the week. Really depends on the week. Are you? Do you live on just like a different time? Do you have thirty six hours a day and nobody no. else does? No, I'm just efficient with my time. I know you are. Like, I don't fuck about. I know. Like, you know, I mean, like, I'll wake up on the weekends, like, on Saturdays and Sundays when people are just like, oh, man, I just want to hang out. I'll wake up at the same time I wake up every other day. Mm. I will work until 9 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I'll watch an episode of TV, and then I'll go to bed. And I'll be like, this was an awesome day. <laughs> like, mm. oh, sweet. Like, I got all this shit done. Mm. And then, like, you know, like, the way you've been hanging out with me for long enough now, I'll take breaks. Oh, yeah. I'm a sprinter. Oh yeah. So I don't I don't know about you, Pat, but I sprint real fucking hard and then I like will like fall on his face. Fall. <laughs> but I'll break it up. So like in the in the summer I have yeah. ten weekend trips planned. Yeah. And yeah. right now we're in the middle of a podcast recovery sprint through March. We have to we're in a sprint. Twenty some podcasts in the next three weeks. But we'll chill when it's over. And uh-huh. I like I like doing it that way because then I can focus on other projects. But I mean balance, dude, like 
That's it's life. It's yeah, but I mean, the other way I look at it is I don't have kids. Yeah. And I want to make sure that I do what I want to do. You have four kids. Before what are you I have talking kids. about? Well, I have my I have my fur babies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do we have a Twitter question for our we man? We do, man. All right. Uh, so this is our Twitter question. It's a hard one. Mm. It comes from Ian Bliss, and it is. Is that the Ian we had on? No. Where's he from? I don't know. This is from Twitter. I don't know where he's from. Mm. Um, but this is for everyone. How do you, and I feel like there'll be some interesting opinions. I didn't get to do my thing, but that's fine. uh, Well, you're the one who blew blew it. it. I blew it. It's fine. How do you address when someone is using and know they are using in a positive way? I will be lied to when I ask her, yet it was on her breath plain as day. This is very pointed. <clears throat> so how do I address this someone is, that is using? Yes, and they are lying to you about their using. Um, In a positive way. By the, unless you don't have a positive way. So so for me, like, it, it, it when, when I think about, like, using, like, it's life or death. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm the type of person that would rather walk on your toes than on your grave, mm-hmm. right? So I can I can come across very very harsh, um, very <laughs> very blunt, mm-hmm. and like I'm not gonna co-sign no shit, right? I'm not gonna enable any anything. So like me personally, because like I'm actually going through this right now with a family member of mine, and um, <clears throat> and you know like one person in the family like wants to wants to enable her, another person in the family just is like cutting all ties. And then there's me, who's, like, been through it, right? Mm. So, like, the old adage, like, you can't dofine a dofine, right? So, like, I will, like, call them on all their bullshit. Mm-hmm. I will tell them everything that they do not want to hear in speaking truths. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's, it's very hard because in that situation, there's literally nothing that I can, I can say or do to make that person choose a different way. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like me coming coming to the to meetings and everything for ten years. You know, like everybody was telling me, you know, the it, it was very clear to me that, you know, this is how you do it. But like I had to come to that point of desperation to where like I made the decision for myself mm-hmm. to change. Yeah. And that's how it is. That's 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 just how it is. And so, like, you know, in dealing with the one person who wants to like baby enable, you know, co-sign and all that, I'm like, you're not you're not helping. Like, you're not helping. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, and then there's the other person who's like, fuck them. You know, just fucking who cares? Just cut them off and blah blah blah. And then there's me who understands it. You know, and um, and like I intervene. But like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one to, to like sugarcoat anything. Mm-hmm. You know I me. Mean? I'm 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 very. I speak in the truth. You know what I'm saying. And like, you know, some people some people don't like that. I mean, especially if you're using, mm. they don't like it, because they're in denial. You know, or they think they're pulling a fast one on you. And um, but no, the way the way I address it is like I I I come in, I just straight call them on all their bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. like with truth, with evidence, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 
and then and then after that it's just like you know i end it with like you know i'm here i'm here for you mm -hmm. you know what i mean like like let me help you like tell me what i can do to help you yep you know what i'm saying um but like if like i'm not just gonna sit there and like watch you do this to yourself because that could be harmful to me in my recovery so like i'm i'm just gonna like come in i'm gonna swoop in i'm gonna like let you know that i do care but i'm also gonna let you know that i don't care about your fucking feelings mm -hmm. because i care if that yeah. makes sense yeah you know what i'm saying and so like i can be very abrasive with people like that and it's it's not just it's not just it's 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 anybody because at the end of the day like the disease of addiction is after your life Mm -hmm. It's the only thing that it wants, you know. It wants that, and it wants you to be miserable as hell, you know, mm -hmm. for as long as possible. But the end result is, is death. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see anybody die. Um, I've experienced that side mm -hmm. for a long time, mm -hmm. so I can understand it. But like, I've experienced this side also, and I understand that it's not it's not a decision that I can make for someone. Yeah. So, so the only thing that I can do for that person is maintain my recovery and show them that there is another way. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it, and it's hard, man. It's, it, it goes back to that powerless piece, the acceptance piece in step one. Um, it's, very, it's very hard, especially if it's, if it's someone like, you know, I'm pretty sure... Ian just mentioned that, you know, it, it's somebody close to him. It has to be because mm -hmm. he's, you know, yeah. they're denying it or smelling it on yeah. their breath and everything. So, so it's it's hard. It's very very hard when when it's somebody close to you, you know, somebody that you that you care about. And and like the thing the thing like about about recovery, like you come you come in from living. You, you know, we, we get to experience two lives. You know what I'm saying? We get to experience. The destruction and and all the chaos and all the bullshit in our using but then we come to recovery and we have a sense of gratitude and appreciation for life so like in in knowing like having experienced both sides of that it like you you, you care for everybody mm -hmm. like i do yeah i care for everybody mm -hmm. you know what i mean now don't yeah. get me wrong there's there's a handful of people that i can't stand but don't think for one minute that even though I don't like that person or I don't care for him, I don't like don't what they're doing, like, I will help that person. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I will. And, and like, that's, that's like, the, the thing. Like, so, like, having experienced, like, both sides of it, for me, when I come into a situation like that, it's just like, look, like, you can't lie to me. Like, oh, yeah. You can't bullshit me. You can't dope feed me. Mm -hmm. Like, because every... Everything that you're doing right now, like, I patented that shit years ago. Like, I own the copyrights to that fucking excuse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so, like, if the, if the evidence is, like, very, very clear in, like, their behaviors and everything in their, their daily lives and, and whatnot, it's just like, look, you might be able to pull the blinders on, like, this person over here, but, like, you can't, you can't sit here and tell me that you're not fucking up. Mm -hmm. Um and I try to do it, and I try to do it in a loving and caring way, but like yeah. at the end of the day, like I'm not gonna cut. I'm not throwing yeah. any cut on it. You, you love them, I mean? not what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not throwing mm -hmm. any cut on it. 
I'm going to tell you everything you do not want to hear. So, so trust and believe me, like people that are like that, that know me, mm-hmm. like they're not even going to come at me with, with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not going to, they're not going to lie to me. Yeah. You know, most people. And, and if they try, I'm calling you straight the fuck out. I'm calling you out because like I care about, I care about your life. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as much concerned in that situation about your feelings and how I make you feel because what you're expecting from me is for me to like co-sign your bullshit and like agree with you that you're not who you're saying you are. <laughs> you, know yeah. I mean? you know what I'm yeah. saying? You know what I mean? It's 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 and it's a hard position to be in because like especially when like you care about the person, you know, like it could be a family member, it could be a best friend, it could be a spouse, it could be, you know, one of your children. You know, and like nobody wants to see anybody go through what we've lived through, man. It's mm. it's it's a horrible place to be at, and um, and so it's very difficult, you know, to to watch somebody go through it, mm-hmm. and knowing <clears throat> knowing that you really can't do anything for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult, and like I said, I'm experiencing that right now, going mm-hmm. like going through it. Yeah, like and. uh and it's it's it, it it makes me feel like helpless, you know. But at the end of the day, that's you know I'm I'm, I'm powerless over it mm-hmm. because and nobody did it. For, no, nobody but me did it for me. And like what you just said is actually something that Herb has has uh, kind of flipped around on me. He was like, "Now you know what your parents felt like." Yep. And it was like, "Holy shit!" Like once I got that sort of taste, it was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, Being on this side of the street. Yep. And like to answer to answer Ian, I'm gonna do <coughs> sort of like a, a three perspective type thing. Um, my perspective of it and how I deal with it, honestly, like it it makes me angry. Like um, I've seen it in several of our friends. Um. I saw it with uh, three Sponsy brothers. I ended up burying two of them. Uh, so every time we would we would get together and have our like sponsorship get-togethers, and they would uh, talk about the same shit, like just the same pattern of behavior, and like we everybody like they, either they would openly admit that they're like that they got high hours before this or they're high right now or whatever um none of us would mince just like you said none of us would mince words with them and they're like well what the fuck are you willing to do like we're doing what we can do like you're you're always welcome here we love you we're giving you our time which is most valuable we're giving us we're giving you our advice and we're literally showing you tools that you can help yourself to to get out of where you are but like just like you said um it's up to that person there's nothing any of us can do we cannot get anybody clean all we can do is show you the door you got to walk through it so um, yeah, and it's and, and like like in dealing with with a person who is obviously inebriated <laughs> there's not much you're gonna get done whatever you you got you got to realize that you're not talking to that person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you're talking to the disease, mm-hmm. and the disease will have you with your blinders on, 
you know, have you with this facade built up around you that, like, you know, whatever. And and it, it's very hard to get something across to an individual who is not in the right state of mind. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, like, I remember, like, I used to call... I used to call my sponsor. This is years and years ago. I would call my sponsor and be like, "Oh my god, I used," and he would hang the phone up on me. Yeah, and like I text him like, "Why the fuck did you hang up the phone on me?" He's like, "Well, number one, you should have called me before you used. Number two, you're high right now, and I'm talking to the disease. I don't want to talk to the disease. I want to talk to Pat. Mm. You know, and 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 it and it made it, it makes sense now, but like being in that position back then, it was like, wow, like I fucking hit this dude to help me out. And it's like, you know, like." Like, I get it now, because, like, if I really wanted this dude to help me, like, I would have called him before I made that decision. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I would, you know, get a little upset, get my little baby feelings hurt over that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's a difficult position to be in, because, like, like in certain situations, like, if you, like, turn your back on somebody, or if you're, like, very f- upfront with somebody and very abrasive and whatnot, you know, in turn, that could, it, it could go either way. It's going to go 50-50. It could go either way. It's a catch-22, you know? Like, if you just say you got somebody living in your house, right, and they're using or whatever, and you're like, hey, look, you got to fucking kick rocks. You got to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, that could lead them to a point of where they're like, oh, my God, I fucked my life up. I have nowhere to live. Like, let me straighten my life out mm-hmm. and get my life back. Or it could it could hurt them, and it could drive them into a deeper part of their disease. Yeah. Um, and, and the... The sad thing about it is, like, they might not make it back. You mm-hmm. know? So it's, like, one of those things. It's just, like, what do I do? Do I allow them to stay here, like, and continue to use? Or or do I kick them out on the street and hope for the best? Like, it's it's one of those things, man. It's just, like, you know, and and, and, pray, and prayer prayer is a big thing, you know. Just, just you know, whatever the foxhole prayer is. Just, like, please watch everyone, whatever. Let, mm-hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, like, it's going to be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, like... You could, if if it went south, you know, you could beat yourself up. Yep. You know, and then now I'm dealing with these feelings of like, oh, I could have helped them, and it's like, it's like, how 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 much am I willing to help? Like, before, like, what is helping? Where's the fine line between helping and enabling? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and actually, like, it's hard, man. Yeah, it's ta- hard. Talking about that, like the other like point of view, I wanted to uh, go with like aside for people in recovery. Um, I had to deal with that um, twice with my wife, and one time she came home like way later, and and what we referenced earlier in the podcast, she's not in recovery. Blah blah blah. She's allowed to drink. Uh, there's nothing in the house, like. Her her life is her life. Um, luckily, I'm, I'm fortunate. She drinks once every six months. Yeah. Has two occasionally. Comes home like she's a normie. She smoked pot three times in her life. Like it's just that's her, and like that's what she can do. And she went out with her. Her family was in town, and she came back at like three thirty four in the fucking morning. Like. I hadn't heard a word from her since she left, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm in bed. She comes home. Her, the smell of her woke me up. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, but it's 3.30 in the morning. I am not starting this right now. <laughs> so the next day, I fucking, like, I'll, I'll be honest. I That was one of the three times I have, like, actively yelled at my wife. I was like, this is completely fucking unacceptable. I was like, besides 
Like she was, and and again, she was like, "Oh, I wasn't drunk. I got alcohol spilled on me. Blah blah blah, whatever." And I wasn't trying to. The only behavior that I wanted her to change that she could have changed um, was she because it was all the way up in Harford County. It was an hour away. I was like, "You drove an hour smelling like that." I was like, "What if you got pulled over for a fucking taillight? You're going to fucking jail." Then you want to make that fucking phone call to me at three in the morning saying you my, like my fiance is in fucking jail. I was like, "That is the last conversation you want to fucking have." I was like, "I don't give a shit if it was three thirty in the morning and you were in Philadelphia. I will drive two hours to fucking come and get you. You can like the." The driving reeking like alcohol was completely unacceptable. Like, I was like, that cannot happen. I was like, you can drink. That's your fucking prerogative. Like, that's fine. You can even come drink home. Drink for me. Yeah, you can, you can, exactly. You can even come home drunk. That's your prerogative. But if you drive drunk, I was like, that's unacceptable. I was like, like I'm your fiance, now husband. Like, if you need to call me because maybe one night you had a, a couple too many, that's okay. I will come pick you the fuck up, but you mm-hmm. cannot drive like this ever again. But, like, she was receptive after she was done crying. Um, but it, it's all about saying what you mean, but not saying it too meanly. But, yeah, that was one of the three times I actively yelled at my wife and I got my point across because it's never happened again. What about you, Eric? So, I haven't done a share yet, so I guess uh, one day we'll we'll do my story. Um, but in the early days of my wife and my relationship, uh, she relapsed a lot, mm-hmm. and she lied a lot. Mm-hmm. So I knew, I know what it's like. I know what someone looks like when they take benzos. I know what someone hmm. looks like when they shoot dope. Like, I shot dope. I like benzos. I like, you know, that. those are two of my favorite drugs. So, it's kind of like, there's a very thin line, because uh, I know how I would respond to someone. Mm-hmm. I don't respond well to the take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth. I don't respond well to that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Trying to think. I have friends that I still hang out with who are not in recovery, but probably belong in recovery. <laughs> and um, yeah. you know, I'm like, I make myself very available to them, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, "Hey, man, I can smell the alcohol coming out of your pores. How you doing?" You know, trying to make light of it. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, the smell. Oh my God, the fucking smell, dude. But like. You know, just being like, hey, like, you know, I I care about you. I want to see that, like, you do well. I want to see that your life is in the right direction. I'm not going to tell you you should go anywhere. Like, you do whatever the fuck you want to do. Because, I, I mean, I can't force you to do anything. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are options if you want to, you know, do that. And I'll, I'm willing to help. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to go to an AA meeting, I'll take you to an AA meeting. If you want to go to an NA meeting, I'll take you to an NA meeting. You want to go to smart recovery if you want to like fucking do yoga we can do that too i don't care you know but you know let me know when you're ready you're ready and i'll help mm-hmm. but like i'll be straightforward but i'll always be nice mm-hmm. always um and i know if you're getting high there's very few times where i feel like i've been duped 
I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know how many. I don't even, like, think it's... I couldn't even count on one hand. Like, I can tell when someone's fucked up. Matt fooled me a couple times. Like, I had the thought, but I wasn't 100% sure. Then that's just me. Like, I'm like, yeah, he's acting fucking squirrely as shit, but... But he's Ma- just a flake. Matt's a flaky dude. So, so I was like, ah, those times I was, I just chalked it up to that. No, I, I mean, he uh, fooled me twice. It's my wife can't fool me. She knows no, that. I hope not. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm powerless over people, mm-hmm. and I can't control them. It's a lot of step, step one and step three, like. That is a lot of like the people relapsing and not chasing them. Mm-hmm. I make myself available and I show that I am an example. Mm-hmm. So I have like friends. Same position. You know what I mean? Like, I'm here. You have my number. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, you're not going to tell me that it's bad. I can tell it's bad. I can smell it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between like someone just having a drink and someone drinking alcoholically. Yeah. There is a real yes. smell. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Where it's just like, I I don't know. I mean, it's like, coming there's through a your difference skin. between your mouth, like yeah, having alcohol in your breath, and then coming through your pores. Yes, um, like smelling them as they're walking by. You're like, oh. But yeah, I mean, just always making yourself available to help. Yeah. You know, like that's just all, and not for like, I don't know. I don't force that, it. That's how you round it off that's on the just end. Me. I think yeah. for all of us, and be like just. You have to avail your help to them. Yeah. You have to let them know that, like, they're not alone in this. And they're like, when you want to take the step toward help, I will take the next step with you. And that's what it's all about. All right. Doing it together. But, uh, yeah. Same position. Mm-hmm. That's all we got. So we would like to thank our guest, Pat, for joining us tonight. Woo! Thanks, buddy. Really appreciate it. All right. Here at Podcast Recovery, we are aiming to expand the scope of support for recovering addicts. Accessibility and and convenience of helpful services is paramount to combating addiction. We work to bring the message of recovery to every addict, wherever and whenever it is needed. We believe that a powerful voice of recovery should be obtainable, practical, and at the touch of a button. Every addict deserves to hear a message of hope, and Podcast Recovery is here to provide it. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check out our website, podcastrecovery.com. Like, share, subscribe. Come join us on the pod. Share your story. But most importantly, everybody out there, stay safe and stay clean.